So I am uh, glad you're here. Uh, we are going to uh, talk a little bit today about our New Year's, um, what the New Year holds for us, our mission as a church. And uh, I so appreciate Spencer calling our men up for prayer. And that's, uh, women, if you feel left out, there'll be time to be prayed for at the end of the service as well. Uh, but we really have had this um, just pressing from the Spirit that, that men in the church, our church, the church, all over the world need to step up and lead as God has called them to lead because um, the world is waiting on men to passionately pursue Jesus and make the impact and make a powerful difference in the world that is greatly needed. If you have a Bible today, or if you have an app or a tablet, and I'm actually going to um, begin my message with the conclusion of the message today, then we'll kind of dig into it a little bit more. Um, but if you could actually go to the very last slide, Alex, if you go to the very last slide, there's like three, three little phrases there on the very last slide. Um, there you go. Um, go last one before that, if you can. Before you leave, look at the big point for today. Um, if you don't get it, you can't go. So if you're taking notes, write that down. If you don't get it, you can't go. And I know we've got a lot of kids in here this morning, and I want you to think about that for a minute, kids, and I'll explain what it means. If you don't get it, you can't go. The second point is this. Those who know and don't go, don't get it. Those who know and don't go, don't get it. And then the final point of today is number three, you won't be effective at going unless you get right. You won't be effective at going unless you get right. And so I want to talk to you today from the topic of mission, the great commission of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus tells us to go and make disciples. And uh, give a little recap and some focus on, on where we've been and where we're going. Last week, um, what we did is we gathered as a church and we laid out some plans for the new year. Um, we laid out some plans specifically related to the next thing through these weekends. And here's some things that we called you to do. We called you as a church. We invited you to fast with us, to fast for the 31 days of January. And for some of you who like to go hardcore and all in, we're actually asking you to fast until February the 7th, so you will give God the first 10% of your year, the first 36 and a half days, giving God our first and our best, asking you to fast from something. Doesn't matter what you fast from, but if it's fasting, it has to hurt. So you can't fast from, like, if you're a guy here and if you would rather gouge your eyes out than to watch Lifetime with your wife, um, you can't fast from Lifetime, okay? If I were to fast from Brussels sprouts, it would not be fasting. It's got to hurt. And so I want to ask you to fast from something that's difficult to fast from so that you can focus in on the Lord during those times instead. And while we are fasting, we also invited you just to read through Proverbs with us as a church. You say, why Proverbs? It's because it's the super spiritual reason of Proverbs has 31 chapters and there are 31 days in the month of January. And so read through Proverbs with us. Gain from the wisdom of the Lord as written by Solomon and then in that same vein, while we're fasting, while we're reading Proverbs, we are also doing some weekday online live devotions. We are doing those on Monday nights at 7, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at noon. And if we feel like it, Fridays at noon also. And the, the interaction and the engagement with those are, is always fascinating to me. Is so many people that maybe we've reached throughout the years or people around the country 
and around the world come out of the woodwork for stuff like that. And so if you want to be encouraged, we'll be doing uh, live prayer, live Bible study, live devotions, um, going through these practices. We sometimes, if we feel like it, Fridays. Uh, we also offered you, um, I felt led as your pastor and for some of our pastoral team here at our church to do pastoral visits. And we would love to visit you in your home for the sole purpose of praying over your household for the year 2024. And um, we're not going to um, come knocking on our own. Uh, we're not going to call everybody and ask to arrange this. This is something we ask for you to arrange. And so if you would like myself, my wife, um, some of our pastoral team to come and visit you, just pray over your house for this coming year. I believe there's, there's something significant about intentionally praying over your homes. Would you please sign up on our app or on our website? Or if you don't want to do that, if you could email info at freechurchlive.com. We will, this week, begin contacting you to set up a time where we can go and pray over you. You do have to register for that. Uh, we also talked to you about ways that we want to really intentionally connect over this next year. Uh, first and foremost, on January the 21st, we're going to be having an old-school, old-time religion, traditional, old-fashioned church potluck, Okay. So some of you who are under the age of like 25 have never been to a potluck in your entire life. And you have an opportunity to experience this right now. Um, I want to I tattle on my, my dad real quick because he's, he's here and he can hear me. Um, growing up, as my dad was a pastor, there were more potlucks than I can remember. And one thing that I can remember about my father is that I, I never saw him eating at potlucks. Is that I, and he'd be like, no, I, I, I don't think I ever saw you eat. And I asked him a couple, like, why aren't you eating? He's like, I don't, I don't know who made the food. I don't know what's here. I don't know, I don't know if I can trust it. I don't, know, I don't know if my stomach can handle it. And so um, if you see me just walking around and talking to people, it's because I'm busy. It's not because I'm being rude and not eating, eating the food that you bring. Jeez. So bring something. What we're asking you to bring for this potluck, it's going to be here at Sunnyside at 5 p.m. on January 21st. We're asking you to bring something that is... Um, something that comes from your native culture. And so we better have a lot of representation from a lot of the nations and cultures that you are from. And if you're just a basic white girl, you can bring like McDonald's, you can bring um, Subway, something like that to share with everybody. Bring a Dutch Bros that you can, everybody can sip from. But if you come from a fascinating culture, Bring something from your culture. Do not disappoint. We're asking you to bring an actual entree, an actual meal. We're not asking you to bring chips or cookies. Uh, what we need is a meal, an entree, a warm dish. And if you feel led by the Holy Spirit of God to bring a salad, a soup, or an appetizer in addition to the main dish, have at it. You say, Pastor, what if I bring nothing? Um, you can um, steal from everybody else if you'd like to. You can come and just eat and take and not bring. That's fine. Uh, we will be glad to have you. And so that is going to be on the 21st. And we're also having some impromptu men's and women's activities. And so actually today at 5.30 p.m., today, January 7th at 5.30 p.m., uh, we're having a men's dinner at the Yard Food Park. So we've reserved huge tables at the Yard. Um, if you are a man at Free Church, a boy, a male, come join us. Bring your kids, bring your teenagers, bring your grandsons, bring your uncle, bring your grandpa. We're going to have just awesome time together. Um, I heard through the grapevine that Tim Warnock is buying everybody's food here at this particular uh, potluck. And so he's going to walk, walk from booth to booth and pay for you. 
and um, then he's going to run when you order. So you're on your own. It's, an, it's no, no host. But we do ask that you come. Just connect. We don't have any agenda. We, we will just be inviting you to, to help us with two things, but there's literally no agenda with the exception of hanging out. We're also planning impromptu women's activities. We are 99% sure on these plans for the women's activity. Um, and but So if this changes, we'll let you know. But next Sunday, January the 14th at 5 p.m. at the Rec Bowling Alley in Kaiser, you'll have the opportunity to go bowling with Shanice. And I think that's her name. Um, and she, seriously, yeah, okay, that's not her name. I don't know who she is. She's got a sweet shirt, a nice bowling ball. But my wife Susan's going to be hosting a bowling night at the Rec on Sunday, 5 p.m. next week for two hours. We'll let you know the cost. It'll be about 15 bucks for a couple hours of bowling. So pretty phenomenal deal. Come out, hang out with ladies. Again, zero agenda at all, just hanging out and interacting and having girl time together, okay? So make sure that you're there for that. We also um, made some exciting announcements about our new downtown location, we're going to be moving to what was known as the Crystal Garden Ballroom. This was Salem's premier dance club in the 1920s. Um, there was live music on two floors. There was a swimming pool in this building. There was a sauna downstairs. There were shady activities going on in tunnels underneath this building. Um, it's been redeemed for the glory of God. We have the opportunity to meet in this space with a beautiful sanctuary, with the ability to leave our sound equipment set up all week long, with chairs that can fit both cheeks, not just one, like at the Reed Opera House, and very, very, very nice sanctuary space with stage that we are so blessed to have. This particular building has the nicest kids' room in Salem, actually, and so we're going to be launching kids' ministry for our downtown campus in the month of February, and there is so many amenities at this building that we are so, so grateful to be able to have. And so what you need to know about this is that we invited you to devote the month of February to worship. So for the month of February, every Saturday night at 6 p.m., every Saturday at 6 during the month of February, we will be having worship nights in downtown Salem. We'll be having guest worship leaders, in-house worship leaders. We'll invite some different churches to join us. We're just focusing on bringing God glory, encountering his presence through worship on Saturday nights in February. And for the first night, the first worship night on February 3rd, we're going to have a free church family only dinner. So this is not a potluck. We will serve you dinner. On February the 3rd at 4.30, we want to bless you, serve you dinner. We want to give you a tour of this building. Uh, we want you to pray over it. We want to share our vision of how we can reach people throughout our city and in downtown Salem. So that is for free church family members only. And then finally, we launch weekly um, downtown services, but they will be Saturday, not Sunday. Saturday is at 6 p.m. Every Saturday, we'll have an after some setup, in particular in regards to tech, audio, visual, computer things. On Saturday, the 20th, at this new location, it is on Liberty and Ferry. We'll be there from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., setting this space up, getting it ready for the month of February. You can ask Ryan Doherty if you have some questions about that or how you can help. Um, we should be able to get everything done in that particular day, and we'll share with you how you can be involved and connected in those things. So, if you heard those announcements, would you just say, I get it, I get it. So, if you, you, won't, you won't go unless you get it. Um, if you don't get it, you won't go. We're asking you to get it and to get right with Jesus this coming year. And so, as we sit in this season for a while, 
And as we prepare for the next season, um, I want to just focus a bit on our mission as a church, but more importantly, the mission of Jesus and how those two things tie together. Um, The mission here at Free Church is is simple, and and all Bible-believing, Jesus-loving Christians have a similar mission. And our mission as a church is this. It is to connect people to an everlasting committed relationship with Jesus Christ and with others. So we want to connect people to an everlasting committed relationship with Jesus Christ and with others. That's why I'm here. That's why we are here as a church is for this mission. That's why we do church is to connect people to Jesus. Everything we do as a church has to be about mission. It has to be about our mission as a church. And if it's not about mission, if it's not about this, if it's not about reaching people, then, then we're just another yacht club. We use that phrase a lot. We're, we're the Coast Guard, not the yacht club. If it's not about reaching people, we're simply a yacht club, and we're not the Coast Guard. If we're not careful, we as Christians and as churches, we can end up sitting on the docks of our yacht clubs in a holy huddle while people are drowning in the water right next to us, and we have the life ring and are unwilling to actually just throw it out to rescue those who are perishing. So it's crucial that as Christians, we put the mission of Jesus first. We want people to be in relationship with Jesus. We want people to know Jesus. We want people to be saved by Jesus. We want people to be changed by Jesus Christ. We want people to be forgiven by Jesus Christ. We want people to grow in their relationship with Christ. And in that mission, it says that we desire for people to be connected to an everlasting relationship. We believe that when someone enters into relationship with Jesus, that that relationship actually never ends. That's why Jesus says, God so loved the world, he gave his son that whosoever believes won't perish, but have what? Everlasting, eternal life. Jesus wants the relationship to be everlasting. And so we want people to know Jesus so that they can be with Jesus for eternity. We want people to know Jesus so that they can spend their um, They can spend the time after they die in paradise with Jesus. We want people to know Jesus so that when Jesus returns, they can be resurrected and live with him for eternity in a new heaven and a new earth. We want people to have everlasting, eternal relationship with Jesus. But in this relationship that we as Christians invite people to, the relationship is not just to be everlasting. The relationship is to be right now intimate and growing. The relationship that you and I have with Jesus, it's supposed to be a committed relationship. So many of you, so many of us, we live our Christian life as if we are just living for heaven. Some of us, we follow Jesus because we see it as a get out of hell free ticket. But the life that we have with Jesus is not just for when we die. And the relationship that we have with Jesus is not just for when he returns. The relationship that you and I have with Jesus Christ is now and for today. John 10.10 says this, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, But I have come that you might have life and have life abundantly. Some translations say that you might have life to the full. That is not a life in heaven alone. That is not a life 
in our resurrected state alone. It is the life that you and I have now. Jesus wants that to be to the full. And so we want our walk with Jesus to be committed. Jesus says this in Matthew 16. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. Take up the cross and follow me. We have to be willing to lay things down and follow Jesus in order for that relationship to be full, committed, growing, intimate, becoming more and more like Jesus, being sanctified, being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus says in John 14, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And so we want to invite you to not only have this everlasting eternal relationship, but to invite you to have this committed relationship. And within the Christian church, oftentimes Christian churches like ours make the mistake of only focusing on the everlasting part, only focusing on evangelism, only focusing on missions. While other churches, other churches like us, we could fall into a trap of only focus. I believe that you can focus on and be faithful to both. It is both and. It is to go and make disciples of all nations, and it is growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Every church must focus on both things. Sometimes we focus on one. Sometimes I'm obsessed over one and on the other, but we have to have this double-focused vision of reaching people for Jesus and the mission of growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ as well. And so we believe that when you connect with Jesus, that you also connect with others. If you look at that last part of our mission, this is our mission is to connect people to an everlasting committed relationship with Jesus Christ and with others. Some of you are all about the relationship with Jesus, but you don't like connecting with others because others are people. And people cause a lot of problems. With people, there are problems. With people, there is relational discord. But I believe that when you enter into relationship with Jesus, you also enter into relationship with his bride. I believe that when you enter into relationship with Jesus, that you become a part of the church. You are, at that moment, the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is supposed to bear each other's burdens. The body of Christ exists to rejoice when people rejoice. The body of Christ exists to weep when people weep. The body of Christ exists to hold each other accountable. The body of Christ exists to serve one another. The body of Christ, brothers and sisters, children of God, we exist to restore one another in a spirit of gentleness. The body of Christ exists to love one another. The body of Christ exists to fellowship with one another, to worship together, to grow together. The body of Christ is called to operate in the unique spiritual gifts to serve each other and the world. The body of Christ is to connect with each other. People need each other. People who belong to Jesus are the church. People are the church. We need to connect people to Jesus and to people. Some of you have the people part figured out, but you don't know Jesus. A lot of you have the Jesus part figured out, but you've yet to connect with people because of past hurts and failures and fears. And so as we have looked at this mission, I want to look at the verse that the mission is based off of. And we're going to look here together at Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. And just because we have kids here and we've been doing this uh, 
Can I have a kid that would like to read come up and join me on stage? I'm not going to pick you out. You're not sitting in front today. But if you'd like to read some of this verse, I need a couple kids to come and join me on the stage to read. Evan, you want to try to read it? No. Okay. Got it. Anybody else? Who, who, who's a kid that can read? Who are you pointing? Okay. Come on up. Come on up. Come on, Dustin. Come on. Okay. You can come on up too, Taya. Come on. You're going to read. Do all the Augsburger kids want to read today? Okay. Who else wants to read? I need, I need two more kids to come up and read. They literally do. Okay. Awesome. Come on up, Isaiah. Come on up. All right. Here we go. Give him a hand, guys. Okay. So we got today Matthew chapter 28. And I'm going to have someone read verse 16 and 17. We'll start with you, Dawson. Can you, are you able to see it right there? Okay. So pay close attention. You read it on the screen as Dawson reads it to you. Are you ready? Now, 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus, to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Amen. Thanks, Dawson. Have a seat, okay? All right, Taya. So I'm going to have you read verse 18, which is these two lines here, okay? And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Thank you. All right. Your turn. Come on up. Go for Aubrey. You want me to read the You're going to read verse... Well, I'm looking, I'm thinking like, well, Isaiah needs to read more than that last sentence. So why don't you read just verse 19, okay? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you just, verse 20, you see that. Teaching them to observe all I have commanded for you and behold. And behold, I am always with you to the end of the age. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So Nick and Jessica Augsburger are going to be offering reading lessons after church today for your children. Um, they charge a small fee, um, but it is worth it. How many of you enjoy listening to kids read the Word of God? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of Christ. And so um, why not ask the people with the biggest faith of all to read the thing that gives us faith? So the disciples, they gather. This is, we're, we're here in um, Galilee. So the Sea of Galilee, uh, on this mountain, keep him there in Galilee. This probably happens about 10 days after the resurrection. Now the place that Jesus would meet with them in Galilee, it is also certainly, most certainly the place where Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. This is a familiar place, a familiar hillside here at Galilee. I know uh, my friend Brian and I, my friend Abraham and I, we, we've been on this hill together. So Jesus calls those who follow him. He, they, he says, meet me in Galilee. And we know from 1 Corinthians that Paul says that there was a time where over 500 people witnessed the resurrected Jesus. This is that time. And so this is some point between the resurrection and the ascension. Jesus goes back into the hills of Galilee he gathers a crowd of 500 people, and it says that they were there 
The 11 apostles, disciples were there. People worshiped and some doubted. But then Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is just reiterating, I have secured the defeat of, I have secured victory over Satan, sin, hell, and death. I have the name that is above every name. At my name um, is the name that people will call upon to be saved. And so Jesus said, all authority has been reclaimed by me. You stole it, mankind. You gave it to the enemy, and I took it back for you. I have authority over all things. And because of that, Jesus says, go make disciples. Just like you follow me, go invite other people to follow me. Go make disciples, not just of Jerusalem, not just of Judea or Samaria, not just to Asia Minor or to Europe, but to the ends of the earth. Make disciples of all nations. He says, baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So making disciples of people is not just making people Christians. It's making them followers, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It connects them to Jesus. It is a sign of the salvation they possess in Jesus, and it baptizes them into his body. He says, teach people to obey all my commandments. So you teach, help people commit, help people grow, help people be in intimate, everlasting relationship. And he says, if you're concerned about any of these things, remember all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he says at the end of the verse, don't worry, I am with you always until the very end of the age. I'm with you always to the very ends of the earth. He is with us. He's got our back. He will send his spirit with us when we go. We are called to go. But there's a part of this scripture I've always known was there, but I've never looked at it too much before. And and here's what it is. It's the very first section of this verse. It's again, Matthew 28, 17. It says, when those who were there, we know there was over 500. When they saw Jesus, they worshiped him. When they saw Jesus, they worshiped him. This is the resurrected Jesus Christ. We're going to worship him. But some did what? What did they do? Some of them worshiped, but, but some doubted. 500 people, most of them have not seen the resurrected Jesus before this point. Some had. Most, if not all, of this crowd had witnessed the miracles of Jesus. Probably most of them had been taught by Jesus. Many of them assuredly had been... Many of these people had likely been healed by Jesus. Many of them likely had demons delivered from within them or their children. They had seen so many things. A lot of this crowd had probably seen Lazarus resurrected from the dead several weeks before. But now the risen Jesus was standing right in front of them in a glorified body with nailed, scarred hands and nail scarred feet. And some doubted. There's nothing wrong with doubt in and of itself. If you read through the scriptures, you see that Job doubted. Moses doubted. Gideon Peter, Thomas, even John the Baptist, they doubted. But in their doubt, God was strong enough and God was able and God chose to handle their doubt. God met them 
in their doubt. God allowed them to wrestle with their doubt and God received them despite of their doubt. And so how many of you sometimes doubt God? How many of you doubted God this week? Doubt by itself is not the issue. It says some saw, some wasn't looking for a resolute certainty, a black and white division between belief and doubt. God is not weighing you on a scale and saying, whoa, you're real heavy on doubt and way too light on belief and I'm done with you. I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. What God is looking for is not just a certainty of belief and a certainty of not being in doubt. What God is looking for, Scripture tells us over and over and over again, is he's looking for faith. Belief and faith are a little different. Faith is trusting something. Faith is falling back into the arms of something. Faith is putting your full trust in something. And in this case, we're talking about Jesus Christ. You say, well, pastor, how can you put trust in Jesus if you don't believe in him? Oh, I believe in him, but sometimes I struggle with unbelief. But when I struggle with unbelief, I have to choose to trust despite my unbelief. When I struggle with my belief, I have to choose to fall back into the arms of Jesus because he's all I've got. I have nothing else I can wrestling in whether or not I'm doubting him. He hasn't excluded me, but he is asking for me to put my trust in him despite of my doubt. This is displayed most powerfully in the life of a father who brought his demon afflicted and possessed son to the disciples and mountain and says what's going on the father describes that the disciples were not able to cast out the demon and jesus um says to this man essentially like hey what what's going on and he said if you would would you deliver my son from this demon and jesus asked him i'm paraphrasing the father says i believe but help my unbelief Now, he could have flipped that around. He could have said, I don't believe, but help me believe more. But what he said is, I believe, but help my unbelief. How many of you could concur with that statement this morning? I I do believe, but I really need help with my unbelief. I know that's, that's me. I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Jesus is looking for faith in that crowd of 500 people. Some did not put their faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, only 120 of them would gather in the upper room within the next few weeks and actually take part in the Great Commission. 380 people didn't go to the upper room in Jerusalem. 120 of them did. They stayed faithful until the end. And when Jesus had told them to go on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit fell, they went. He said, go, they did, but some doubted. And here's my point. My point that I brought up as we started this message today, number one, if you don't get it, you can't go. Because those who doubted didn't get it. They didn't get Jesus. Because those who doubted didn't get it, they could not go. Unless you get it, you can't go. Unless you get it, you can't go on mission. 
In fact, if you don't get it, you are the mission. You're the mission that people would grab hold, that people would get Jesus, that people would put their faith in Jesus Christ. Do you get it? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Do you understand? Have you fully trusted in him? Do you believe, even though you struggle with unbelief, and have you taken the leap of faith to trust in Jesus as the one who can forgive you of sins, restore you to relationship with God, fill you with his spirit, and give to you the everlasting life and connect you with his body, the church? Do you have faith? Do you get it? Because if you get it, then you can go. If you get it, he'll send you on mission. Sometimes I've heard a lot of like debate between pastors and ministry leaders is like, should non-Christians go on missions trips? I don't know. I, I, I don't have all the answers for that, but I, I think hopefully they'll learn a lot. If a non-Christian goes on a missions trip, they're actually a part of the mission. And so, yeah, come along. Hear about Jesus. Learn about Jesus as we're teaching people about Jesus. Don't have non-Christians teach other people about Jesus, but come along and see. Do you get it? And if you get it, you're invited to don't get it. Some of us do believe. Some of us, Christ. Some of us have been sent. Some of us have been told to go by Jesus, but we're not going. Him to have faith, but don't go. Sometimes I'm not so sure how they really get it. Is this you? Do you have faith in Jesus Christ? Are you a Christian, a believer, whatever you want to call it? Are you going to heaven one day? Will you be resurrected with the dead when Jesus returns and the trumpet blows? If that's you, if you're a Christian, a child of God, a brother and sister. And I would just challenge you today. If you're not going, I would like you to question in your heart, do I really get it? Because those who get it go. Those who get it know that they don't deserve it. Those who get it know it's all grace. Those who get it know that it's all because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and him alone. Those who get it, it's the spirit that's the power within them, not themselves, and they are compelled to go. And you might say, well, Pastor, I can't go on this missions trip. I can't sing on a worship team. I can't preach. I get it, but every single person here has people in your life that don't know Jesus, and we are called to go and to share the grace, love, and hope that we say we have in Jesus with them. If you're not going, you might not get it. If you get it, you've got to go. Go make disciples. Number three, you won't be effective at going unless you get right. You won't be effective at going unless you get right. When they... Some didn't get right with God that day. Their disobedience and their unwillingness were expressions of their doubt. See, you may get it, but it's time that you get right again. You, you may have relationship with Jesus, but it's time to get it. But have you gotten right with God? Say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? What I mean is stop with this lukewarm nonsense we talked about last week. Be hot, be on fire, be passionate, be refining, be cool, cold, quenching. Says, Stop this lukewarm business. You may get it, but it's time that you get right. Getting right means 
choose to stand out. Stop with trying to fit in all the time. You're someone who, who doesn't belong to the systems of this world, but yet you're trying to look like you are a part of the systems of this world. Jesus has not called you to fit in. He's called you to stand out. You say, well, standing out will make me stand out. That's the point. I don't want to stand out. If you want Jesus, you're going to stand out. Some of you get it, but you haven't gotten right. What that means is you need to repent of sin. You need to push into Jesus Christ. Um, if I had you raise your sin for who raise your hand for who sinned this week, all of our hands are up. Who sinned today? All of our hands are up. But I'm talking about unrepentant, intentional, perpetual purposeful sin that you carry around, sin that Jesus died for, that you're not willing to give over to Jesus Christ so that he could cleanse you and make you committed and make you new and make you effective. It's possible you're not effective in what you're doing because you haven't gotten right with God. Those who are called to go need to get right. Be all in. Be the Coast Guard. Don't be the yacht club. Serve, give, support, get right, and go. So the questions to wrap this up. Do you get it? Do you, do you get the grace that God has bestowed upon you? Do you get the sacrifice that Jesus has made for you? Do you get the love that the Father has for you? Do you get your sin? Put your faith in Jesus. And if your faith has been put in him, if you were in that crowd that day and you saw the resurrected Jesus and you didn't get it at first, but then you chose to get it, you chose to trust in him, then you've got to go. If you get it, you've got to go. Are you going are you making disciples? Are you sharing the grace of Jesus with the world around you? Do you get it? Are you going? And then finally, are you right with God? This is a question for Christians today. Because none of us are ever fully right with God. The only reason we're right with God is because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I understand that. But there is something about repenting of sins and fully trusting in Jesus so that when we walk in his righteousness, we can be right with him and right relationship with him. And I believe that when we are in step with the spirit of God, when we're following the spirit of God and the protections of God, that we cannot if we are not right with God. And I believe that we can walk in the blessings and the protections of God and be effective at our ministry for God when we get right with God. Are you right with God? We must ask ourselves these questions. We've got it. We have, as Christians, we have a world to reach. At this church, we, we have people to reach. We have a city to reach. And, and even some people in our church, they don't get the mission I've had. Actually, a lot of people say to me, like, I don't think we need to do this thing. I don't think we need to reach people in downtown Salem. We, we need to just focus on, on us. I don't think we need to do this. Do, I don't think this is going to be successful because, because, because it's uncomfortable and we don't want to do it. That's the answer. Do you get it? Are you going? And have you made yourself right with God by repenting of sin? People need Jesus. And if you claim to have Jesus, you've got something to offer 
that nobody else can. I'm going to radically shift gears for a second. And Kayleen, you're here? Excellent. Okay, cool. Come on up with me here. Um, as a means to go about this mission that we have as Christians and as a church and as a means to see our, our vision fulfilled and to serve, um, last year around this time, um, I asked, you can stay there or come up here, it doesn't matter to me. I, I asked uh, Kayleen to be our serve director um, here at Free Church. She's done a phenomenal job. She hit the ground running, has served so many of you when you were in times of crisis and need. Um, but it's always been Kayleen's passion and dream for this city um, to launch a counseling center. And not just a counseling center, but a center that would care for people in our community through counseling. And through a tremendous amount of work from Kayleen, um, from Helen Weber, from Ladina Doherty, from Jessica Augsburger, um, and with me being a fly on the wall and, and asking questions every once in a while, um, Kayleen has just launched out of Free Church, um, our community care and counseling center. And it is now its own unique nonprofit organization with, um, sent out from Free Church, a part of the ministries of Free Church. She has joined the center with um, the Fellowship Network of Churches and Ministers International that we are a part of as a church. And she is ready to serve people in the city along with the team she's building like one minute from now, right? You're, re you're ready to serve. You're serving. I already am. Yeah, you already are. Yeah, she already is serving. Uh, I'm waiting for you to catch up. Yeah, I'm trying to catch up here. So she's serving. Um, we are blessed to have um, several pastoral counselors here at Free Church. We're blessed to have several clinicians here at Free Church. Helen Weber will be serving as our master's degree in counseling so that mm -hmm. they can be licensed. We're also going to be connected with um, my mentor and also with Kayleen's supervisor, Dr. David Manick from Integrative Counseling Institute. Um, he'll bring some experience and wisdom to us in that. Um, Kayleen secured some offices this week. And um, so if you could, if you could reason like, secure yeah, I'm yet. scared. We, well, we got it. God's got it. So I wanted you to tell people like, what will this counseling center that, that these people are a part of, what will it offer that's not being offered currently? So currently, um, especially since COVID, a lot of mental health services have kind of shut down. A lot of support groups that were originally being run in hospitals, in community mental health areas, um, have just ceased to exist. And one thing that, um, first of all, I want to say is my heart is to the church. And I believe that we are first to take care of the household of faith. And as we take care of the household of faith, we then are equipped to take care of our community. So all of us, every single person on every single chair in here has a story. We have, we have some kind of trauma story. We have some kind of hurt in our life. And as um, Anthony and others have shared with us, you know, it's those things that sometimes keep us sitting on the chair instead of getting out. And so first and foremost, my passion is to help heal the hearts and the minds of the people in the church. The word tells us it's to keep us locked in our mind of past things. And we as a congregation, as a church, we need to renew our minds, be 
uh, allow God to come into those areas and help bring healing and understanding of how our brains function and why they think, feel, and believe the way they do and help to adapt that and bring it under submission of Jesus Christ and the truth. So that's my first thing. The second thing is in the community and I, my heart continues to break as I, my caseload just keeps mounting weekly. There is so much hurt in this area. It, it blows my mind. Um, I specifically, my passion is the foster and adoptive care system, uh, which means I'm working with a lot of systems within government and the world systems. Not a fun place to be or work. But if the church is not taking her place, that's what I have left to work with. And I am finding so many people that are so broken, children that have been living in tents or campers by themselves, people who have been sex trafficked, people who are going through domestic violence. And you know what? I'm finding a lot of those people also sit in a pew in a church somewhere. So again, that takes me back. In the area that God has healed us, he's going to help us to have the strength and the courage to help someone else. So my vision is very big. I get scared of sharing it sometimes because I don't want to overwhelm people. <laughs> um, and my staff know, keep checking the manuals that I'm writing when there's questions. But um, we are wanting to meet the need of the community by um, providing trainings. Uh, I want to provide trainings for churches, church lay people, church pastors. Dr. Mannock's also doing that, but he does it from a clinical viewpoint. I want to bring it down to the practical. And how can we be trained as a church body to take care of each other, not only in the church, but in our neighbors that live beside us, whether that's a domestic uh, thing, whether it's um, earthquake, you know, some kind of natural disaster. So trainings. Um, I also want to help train people who are service providers, who are doing um, counseling or um, what's it called? Where Susan, where Susan worked before, uh, just support. Yeah, support people, um, and just equipping them, especially the people in the church, so that we can get out and minister. I was listening to a pastor yesterday or the day before, and he said, you know, we're all praying for revival, and we, what we're looking for is people coming into the church and having the, an emotional experience of feeling connected to God again. But he said, you know what, revival is up out of the sea and going out to where the people are. And that is my heart, and that's the heart of this church. It's what pastor has been telling ever since I've known him <laughs> um, and what our team is looking at doing. We're looking at even, um, I'm looking to hire four new people right away, clinicians. We want to bring in service providers um, that know Christ and where we can work together as a team, um, meeting the different systems in the world. Um, and we're also looking at trying to collaborate with like Corbin University and some other places where we can help other uh, people be trained on the ground with an, with a synergetic um, w one victory for the um, counseling center is 
being paneled with insurance providers. Correct. Can you just share that just real, real briefly because yes. we got to wrap this up? Sure. So, yeah, you'll learn to give me the mic, not mm -hmm. to give me. That's <laughs> fine. Just let people know about it. Yeah. Because okay. I think when people hear, like, oh, they're sharing this, um, they're asking for money. This, right. this counseling center is self-sustainable. Um, it, it will be self-sustainable. Yeah, self-sustainable <laughs> immediately. Um, there is there is a caveat to that, but if you could tell them about the, in, sure. the insurance real quick. So since we have um, licensed clinicians or interns with the state of Oregon, we will be able to be paneled with insurance companies such as Pacific Source, which is the OHP, the Oregon Health Plan, but we also are looking at being paneled with private insurances as well. that people have and want to utilize our services. We will definitely try to be paneled specifically with their insurance. But if we cannot get paneled with their insurance, we definitely see this as a ministry. And there will be sliding scale fee, hopefully um, as we get going, the income um, I would say hopefully within the next six months, we'll be at the point that we can offer scholarships for people. And I know that for people on Oregon Health Plan, Pacific Source, it's incredibly hard to find a therapist within Correct. our city. And so th this is really what I see as our, our first huge win is that we are being paneled with Pacific Source Correct. to be able to take people on Oregon Health Plan because there is a, there's a desert in our city for that. Very much so. And so with that, um, I'm going to ask Michael to come up, close us in a song. And like I said, I was going to radically shift our gears. Um, but we have found office space just one block to the east of where we'll be meeting uh, for our downtown um, services on Saturday evenings um, that we've already secured two months rent for this for free. And we mm -hmm. are raising funds for a deposit for the office. Mm -hmm. It's a $3,200 deposit. And in two months, that will be self-sustaining. And so if you'd mm -hmm. like to give, talk to Kayleen. It's its own nonprofit entity. Uh, we would love to run. Our church can, can bless through that as well. But we'd love to run and see this. Um, take place right in the core of our city immediately. So if you could pray for Kayleen, pray for Helen, pray for Ladina, for Jessica, anybody that's gonna be involved in this endeavor, um, the Community Care and Counseling Center, it is a much needed, a desperately mm -hmm. needed ministry for our city. So if you give Kayleen a hand and you can have a seat, thanks so much. So I'll close out our time in prayer today um, as we close out with a song. Um, and if I could have you stand. If you'd like prayer today, as, as we're singing, uh, myself, some of our pastors and elders and leaders will be up in the front to lay hands on you and pray for you. But I want you to ask yourself, um, do I get it? Do, do I get it? Do I, do I get the grace that God offers? Do I, do I choose today to receive by faith the grace of God? If you don't know Jesus today, I want to invite you to put your faith in him, to trust in him Despite wrestling with doubt, I want you to put your trust in Jesus Christ. And when you put your trust in him, he calls you to go. And for those who would say, um, I believe in Jesus, but I, I get it. I'm just not going. I want to pray for you today. If you need prayer today, just to be compelled to go and make disciples, whatever, all of us. Are you right with God? Is there something you need to repent of today? Is there something you need to confess today? Is there someone you need to forgive today? Is there someone you need to apologize to today? Get right with God. Don't miss this opportunity to lay these things down on the first Sunday of 2024 and move forward in freedom because you have chosen this year to be right with God. So God, we, we give all these things to you. We glorify your name. We repent of our sin. We praise you for who you are. We invite your presence here into our weeks, 
Thank you for the word that we have just preached. God, as we bring our prayer before you, respond to it in power, and may we leave in peace. We ask in Jesus' name. Let's sing.